Welcome to the Go Podcast. Go aspires to engage the local church in global missions. We seek to share mission stories that encourage, edify, and equip other Christians in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ at home and abroad. This podcast is a part of Liberty Bible Church Global Ministry. Your hosts for Go are Cami Sandner, a missions partner with Liberty, and joining her is Kevin Cram, pastor of global engagement at Liberty Bible Church. Welcome back to Go. Today we are continuing our series for the surrounding of the resettlement of the Afghan refugees into our local community of Northwest Indiana. We will be talking to one of our host families and get insight as to what it is like, not only having a refugee stay in your house, but also doing life with them and helping them in many ways. So, Kevin, who are we talking to today? So today we have the honor of talking to Micah and Karna Driscoll. Micah and Karna are part of our Liberty Bible Church family, um, and they recently volunteered to host uh, Afghan refugee as part of their resettlement process into the area. And so today we're going to hear a little bit about their experience. So thank for thank you both of you for being here with us today. How are you doing? Good. Doing thank well. you for having us. Great. So can you tell us a little bit to start off with, um, why did you want to be a host family? Walk us through that process a little bit about making that decision. Um, for me... I was thinking of the Bible verse where Jesus said, if you love these, you are loving me. So loving Salim, in our case, was an act of love for Jesus. When I was cleaning the house, getting ready for him to come, um, I thought, Jesus is coming over. I'm so excited. (laughs) And so that was my, the whole time I felt like this is how I love Salim is me loving Jesus. And growing up for me, we always had uh, missionaries and sometimes just strangers staying in the house as the cars broke down or whatever. And so Mm. having the house open for uh, people in need was just always something I wanted to do. So That's great. Can you tell us a little bit about the individual Salim that you're hosting for a number of weeks and, and what did you learn about him through this process? Salim uh, is about the same age as our oldest kids. He's 22. He was in the Army working with the United States Army for the last five years of his life. So instead of going to college, that's what he did. And he um, was taken away in an instant from all of his family and all of his support system. And he came to us, and we loved him the best that we could. He taught, hopefully, he taught my kids respect. He was immensely respectful to me, always opening doors for me. (laughs) Um, But he really did love his country, love his family, and he's so sweet. The things his friends posted on Facebook (laughs) were amazing. All of his guy friends would say, you are the sweetest. You know, you can translate it into English. Everyone said he's the sweetest. All of his friends said that, and it was really an honor to have him in our home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what were some of the challenges of having Salim in your home? What what kind of obstacles did you face immediately in in trying to welcome him and integrate him into your family? The most obvious was a language barrier. He spoke uh, very little 
English and um, Google Translate did not work very well. Oh, no. And so we tried. Um, <laughs> and sometimes I would ask him a question and I would use the uh, Google Translate. I can't even remember. Is it Farsi or? He spoke Pashto. Pashto. Mm-hmm. And and he would answer yes. And it wasn't a yes or no question. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so then he would try to ask something to me and the words wouldn't make sense in English. And so we just struggled and so one time, uh, after probably about a week, I took him to the gas station to buy him a pop and show him where that is. Maybe it's just a few days. And then that night I said, well, tomorrow after work, when I come home, I'll take you, you go to the gas station. <laughs> and so Karna was telling him, when Micah gets home, you're going to leave and go to the gas station with him or whatever. And so when I got home, I said, hi, and then we heard the door open and close, and we weren't thinking <laughs> anything, and then we're talking, and oh, then no. I went, where's Salim? So I went down into the basement to look for him, and he was gone. We had a bedroom in the basement all set up for him, and we couldn't find him, and he went, he left. <laughs> <laughs> so I got in my car to go drive and look for him, because we thought, maybe he says, when Micah comes home, I have to leave. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. no. But he just went to the gas station, and he was on his back, way back with his favorite drink, which is a monster. And that's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> but yeah, the language was very difficult sometimes. Yeah, you even had to like um, call uh, WhatsApp or, te- or FaceTime yeah. with his brother or family yeah. in Afghanistan yeah. so that, you know, they spoke better English. They translated yeah. for you yeah. over. So like once a day, like, oh my gosh, we need to have these things that we talked to Salim. <laughs> yeah. Like that was, that must've been crazy. Yep. Yeah. And I did learn to speak to him in food. So that was wonderful that I learned how and when people from Afghanistan eat that they like Mm. tea and this is what they want with their tea. And this is, so I was able to bless him by giving him food that he liked the way that he liked it. And so I spoke love to him in that way, but there was a time when I wanted to know at the beginning if he had allergies. Oh no. So I didn't feed him anything that was going to kill him. (laughs) And so we spoke into the Google translate thing do you have any allergies? And he looked at it in hopefully Pashto and he smiled and nodded. I was like, food allergies? You have food allergies? And he smiled and nodded. I'm like, he's going to die. We're going to kill him. Oh my word. <laughs> but he did not have food allergies. I don't know what it said. Something pleasant, but I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Okay. So we're learning about some of the challenges. What were some of the blessings and just ways that you were encouraged throughout? Throughout our conversations with him, he would show video of the Taliban taking over Afghanistan and tearing down the Afghanistan flag Mm -hmm. and putting up the Taliban Mm -hmm. flag. And so I had kind of thought, well, that would be a neat gift. And I went on Amazon and looked and then Karna had seen what I had looked on Amazon and ordered it. And so (laughs) then uh, we had a A flag, an Afghanistan flag for him. Wow. And uh, so then... We're opening presents on Christmas Day or Eve, I can't remember. And and uh, he opened that and he 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 bowed to us and thanked us and and then kissed his flag and then put his head in it for a long time, just uh, very tearful and said thank you many times after that. It was uh, you know he was a soldier for his country and he he loved his country and he wanted wanted the best for it and so then we helped him display it in his room. So it was pretty. Pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Pretty precious moment for mm-hmm. me. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then read the text yeah. that he sent us. So then after, uh, I think he was with us about three months or so, or maybe two, I don't remember. But 
after we dropped him off at his apartment and got him all set up, like dropping a kid off at college for Karna, <laughs> <laughs> we went to the store, bought broom, you know, oh, he needs this and this. So he, then we were driving away. We got a text. He said, this is just from him using the Google Translate after, after more months of practice. Um, this is what he wrote. And it was, it's pretty good. Hi, I would like to thank from all the family member, every single of your family member gave love and did the best respect. I hope you will be the best and good family for the rest of my life. Wow. I thank you for having a good time and for giving me more peaceful life. I have a good memory and I will be happy for the rest of my life. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So that was uh, pretty precious. Too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now I'm sure it wasn't all like intense and emotional interactions for you guys. And so even with all those initial barriers, I understand there was a couple of lighthearted moments too as well. Tell us a little story about, about one of those. So, uh, um, we were, we learned that, uh, most of, uh, the Afghan soldiers were clean shaved, had mustaches and stuff. And the Taliban soldiers had the beards. Um, and so beards are a style feature here in the, in the U S <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we would be walking along and, and one time we were out at a Christmas tree farm down 30 ways. I can't remember which one. And, and there was a lot of men, burly, big burly men with big burly beards. <laughs> he leaned over and said, Taliban. <laughs> 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 Point to him. So we got a picture uh, without the the, oh, ink, no. the United States person knowing. Uh, we were on a wagon ride and uh, the big burly beard sitting right in front of Tamim and we're, or Salim. And so we're sitting there and kind of pointing at the beard. and. <laughs> Oh, no. oh my gosh. <laughs> we had a lot of laughs about it and he Good laughed thing it too. Wasn't. <laughs> well, yeah, not you're like, no, no, not Taliban. No. Yeah, he knows. He knows. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Did you actually think at first that he was serious or was it just like the, uh, a few times? Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because he had there have been a few, I mean, there are so many guys with beards. That was a little bit later in the stay or three or four weeks, but we had seen guys with beards uh, at other places. But at the Christmas tree farm, they were everywhere. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Alrighty. So can you tell us a little bit about where Salim is now? And do you still have contact with him? What's your kind of overall takeaway from this experience? Sure. We're, we're still on friend. We're still friends on Facebook. And so he texts us pictures often. So most recently he sent pictures of himself and his friends and they'd all gotten like Afghanistan clothing that matched sort of. And they were walk there were four of them walking toward the camera and it looked like sort of a slow motion swagger with the <laughs> Afghanistan. I love it. So he's often sending photos and we're sending photos because a picture is worth a thousand words. So we're still able to communicate through photographs and text and on Facebook He's in Texas right now. He's living in a community with other people who speak his language. And we heard that he just was able to get a job. And so we're very proud of him and we're really thankful for him. Uh, that's great. So what what are some of the things that you kind of take away personally from the experience? Like what what have you learned or how have you grown as individuals out of this? Uh, for me, it just, uh, it was, it was good to see, uh, you know, when you meet people of another culture, it gives you a, a more vast understanding of, uh, what the human race is all about and understanding, uh, him and some of his culture and the hospitality of the Afghan people, 
uh, demonstrated through him and some of the other Afghan people we've met is, uh, signifies that I'm too busy and, uh, <laughs> I, I have too many other worries to, and I need, I should slow down and just be more hospitable because they were just, even though they were our guests, their the hospitality they showed, I think is, uh, is amazing. So, yeah. And, and to continue to pray for them because, uh, there's still politics involved in uh, the refugee settlement program and how, what, what will that look like in a year or two? You know, I think they've given, been given temporary status and what happens in a couple of years when that ends. Yeah. yeah. So I know talking with a lot of people that did similar um, hosting experiences and um, the, the thing that came across for a lot of people was um, just hearing the stories of the trauma and the, mm -hmm. the hardship, you know, like yeah. um, every one of these individuals had an experience where they were plucked out of life and, um, you know, just really painful, painful um, things that happened to them. And even in spite of that, their resilience and their ability to survive and in many times, even their joy of continuing on mm -hmm. um, is just really inspiring. You know, the people that I interact with, um, it, I'm really glad that you guys had that experience. And for me, my takeaway is um, that I really want to, instead of lamenting the things that I see on the news, I want to continue praying for the people that I see on the news, not just the people, but the nations, because I've been able to tell people that I've met from Afghanistan that I was praying for your country. As soon as I saw those people trying to climb onto the airplanes, I was praying for you mm -hmm. before I knew you. And the people that I just got to meet from Ukraine, I was able to tell them I was praying for you before I ever met you. So I watch the news differently and mm. better. And I don't forget now that all the highlight on the news is the Ukraine, Afghanistan still happening. Honk. Right. Hong Kong is still happening. Um, the I was just talking with someone from Nigeria. We were talking about Boko Haram and the things. The news will highlight one and focus on it for hyper focus, and then forget about them. But after having Salim stay with us, I cannot forget the people of Afghanistan and the family left behind. But I can continue to pour my love into Salim and into the other families from Afghanistan that have chosen to stay in the Valparaiso community. I can work with Compass International. I've been a part of that. Which we will hear from next week. Awesome. So, <laughs> so good. Yeah, that's just been an amazing journey for me and uh, to build relationships with people from all over the world and remember to pray for them. Well, thank you so much, Mike and Karna, for taking the time to share with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for letting us. Yeah, thank you. Now, before we wrap up our episode, we want to end with a note of personal reflection like we always do. And we're going to... Um, just ask ourselves, how do we want to pray into um, what we heard about and learned about through this uh, through this week? So, Cami, how are you going to lean into prayer this week as a result of our conversation? This week is is pretty personal for me. I tend to kind of react the way that Carnell is saying the news does. It's just the hyper focused on the on the one thing and the one thing alone until I know that I've done it and I've done it well. Um, so, I think just even taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture and praying for the nations and accepting people of other cultures and nationalities. I know this is a little bit political, 
but you never know. I mean, we could end up in the same situation and needing someone to care for us. So just really taking that into consideration and saying, I'm going to do for them what I would want somebody to do for me in that situation. Mm. You know, kind of along similar lines, I, uh, this whole experience has reminded me, um, that these are human beings behind the stories. Right. Um, and like you said, it's really easy to become desensitized through all the, through all the news that you hear over and over again, every single day, 24 seven and, uh, watching that un- unfold, um, before your eyes on a television screen or on a, on a, on a smartphone screen, like you it you're really easy to forget that these are real people with families and lives and jobs and dreams and hopes and desires um and so that's what's just been so amazing about this process of welcoming in um these individuals and these families into our community is is that this is not just you know a story on a on a in a news cycle these are real people um Absolutely. who Jesus loves and wants mm-hmm. to to care for and redeem um, in his grace. So that's been a great part of this, this journey for us and for me. Thank you for tuning in and listening. We aspire to give you real life stories and experiences to help you in your current phase of life. And next week we'll be concluding our series on the Afghan resettlement process by talking with Tanya Frederick, a local leader in um, our community who is uh, spearheading efforts to reach and help these Afghan individuals. Tune in next week and remember to go and make your life a mission.